Welcome to the home of the blessed people, and here is our host pastor, Pastor Dayo Ademo. And we studied that, we saw the need to have a plan of action so that we can achieve the overall aim of God. The second reason we studied last week why we need a plan of action is that we need a plan of action so that we have a plan we can always fall back to when things get rough, when things get tough, when things don't go the way we planned. Like in the beginning of the year, for example, many of us, nations of the world, did not put it in their plan that maybe something like this is going to come up. COVID-19 was going to come up in the first quarter of the year. Nobody, no nation planned this. Praise God. No nation planned it. But what do you do if, for example, you are in the midst of progress, you have a prophetic mandate upon your life that you should progress. The word of God has come to you that it's your month of progress. It's a year of moving into a new dimension of your life. Now things like this happen. What do you do? That's why we need a strategy. That's why we need a plan of action to almost always accommodate things like this when they go. Last week I shared with you one of the plans of action that uh, we use the life of David to explain this. That David first of all brought the plan to God in 2 Samuel chapter 5. We saw this that in the life of David every time there was a situation he always went to God. Not only did he go to God with an action plan he went to God for God's final approval on his action plan. That is where we make mistakes most of the time as children of God. We plan. Yes, I know you have the spirit of God in you. I know you have the mind of God in you. I know you have the wisdom of God in you. I know you have the mind of Christ in you. Yes, you have already been equipped to plan. God expects you to plan. Plan, plan, and again I say plan. But that plan is not yet a plan. It is still a think tank. It is not yet a plan until God's approval is on it. By God's grace, I'm a civil engineer. There are drawings and there are drawings. Drawings can be drawn. If it doesn't have the seal of an engineer, it's still a sketch. Until you have God's approval on your plan, that plan is not yet a plan. So most of us, we don't really have plans yet. Until God's seal of approval is on it, that is when it's a plan. So do all the SWOT analysis, do everything that you need to do, do the critical thinking, do everything, but you still need God's seal on your plan. So that is one reason why you need the plan of God, to have God's approval on it, to have that seal, to have something to fall back onto because it's authentic. But the second reason why you need it, that I didn't mention last week, I'd like to say now, is an action plan is in two phases. One is that when it's not the plan of God or when it's not the ultimate plan of God for you to do what you have tabled before God, there is a change of plan. We saw that last week. I won't go over it in the life of David, how he went up to the Lord and God says, you, you shall not go up this time but you will locate where the mulberry tree is and you will pass a circumference around the mulberry tree and it is from this that it will happen. Praise God. I said praise God. 
I said, praise God. That was the first time. Now, the first thing about this action plan or falling back to an action plan is number one, when there is a change of plan. We went through that last week. But there is another one whereby your plan is authentic. Your plan is genuine. You have had the rubber stamp of God on your plan. You have had the seal of approval of God. But still, while in the midst of battle, it's not working the way it ought to work. It's not going in the direction it ought to go. Let us quickly see this in 1 Samuel 30. 1 Samuel 30 verse 17 to 18. You remember that in 1 Samuel 30 verse 5, God told, God told, um, um, David, when David asked, he said, shall I pursue? Shall I overtake? He said, pursue, overtake, and without fail, you will recover all. God put that addition there. You see, in David's planning, he only had to pursue and overtake. He didn't know the, what the outcome would be. But he said, pursue, overtake. Then God assured him, that without fail, you will recover all. It was not in the original plan of David, but God put that to make it the master plan. And while David was going, that's all he had. You can see divine intervention. He didn't even know the direction where his enemies took his goods. But one thing he knew, he knew that God was with him. He moved. Praise God. And while he was moving, God put an ordained GPS for him. And what happened? David located one of the guys who was sick, who they dumped, and he promised to take David to the place. And while they were on that journey to go to the place, please, First Samuel, I mean, Second Samuel, sorry. Oh, sorry, First Samuel chapter 30, First Samuel chapter 30, and verses 17 to 18. Let us see what happened. First Samuel 30. 17 to 18. And David smote them. Remember the instruction was pursue, overtake, and without fail, you will recover all. Watch this. And David smote them from the twilight of even, even unto the evening of the next day. That is a whole day plus half of the day. That means 24 hours plus 12 hours. That's 36 hours. When God told him that pursue, overtake, without fail, you will recover all, he had no idea that it was going to take 36 hours. That is telling you sometimes the battle you are going to face in life may extend, may be longer than what you anticipated. But it doesn't change the plan, nor does it change the word of God over your life. Very important for you to note that. Because there are days, there are times in life that you face severe battle, that you face delay in battle. Now, let me take you to where, where David is here. He said, even to the evening of the day, next day, and there escaped not a man from them, save 400 men which rode among camels and fled. Now listen to this. When the battles, how many hours did I call it? 36 hours. 
Now, when the battle was at 10 hours, there's no man in battle that at 10 hours you won't say, wow, shouldn't this thing be over now? Shouldn't this thing be done now? It's 10 hours. You'll be tired. You wait till when you are 15 hours. Nothing has changed. 20 hours. You have not won the war. 24 hours. A full day. The war is not over. Are you listening to me? The war is not over. After a full day. Went on and on and on. At 30 hours. What next? Still, there wasn't any victory at 30 hours. At 35 hours, there was still no victory. Until at the 36th hour, then some men started fleeing away. Are you listening to me? So sometimes, listen to me, to have a plan to fall back onto was this. David at 10 hours was saying, oh, could there be a change of plan? Lord, this thing is not working. You said I will recover. I will take over. You said I, without fail, I will recover all. It's 10 hours and there's no recovery. God says, I've not changed my word. My word is yes and amen. I'm not a man that would lie. I'm not the son of man that would repent. Have I said it? Will I not do it? Have I spoken? Will I not bring it to pass? Put yourself there. There are things you have trusted God for. There are things you have believed God for. You had the plan. You went to God. You were not in a hurry. You put it before the Lord. The Lord spoke to you that go ahead. And now you are in the midst of going ahead and it doesn't look like it. You go back to God and you're still asking. God is saying go back to the battlefield. Keep on confessing my word. Stand on my word because it will come to pass. It will come to pass. It will come to pass. So I'm speaking to somebody out there today. You have trusted God. You have believed God. You have done all that you know how to do. Keep on standing on the word of God. The battle is almost over. At the end of the day, you will see the light of the tunnel. I said it's going to turn in your favor. If you believe that, say amen. So it's good for us to have a plan to fall back to. Because if you don't have a plan to fall back to, you will remain confused. You will think every other thing. Let's do another thing. It's, it's not the way forward. No, you have heard God. Go back to the plan. If God hasn't changed the plan, go back to the battle. And keep on going back to the plan. Go back to the battle. Go back to the plan. Go back to the battle. Until that battle becomes what the plan says it will be. And I see you overcome in every area of your life in the mighty name of Jesus. If you believe God, say good amen in your household. He kept on going back to the plan. We need that in our lives. Number three, it helps you to see the end result from the beginning. That's the way how God operates. He sees the end from the beginning. He sees the mental picture of the future from the scripture. That's how God wants you to live. And God will bless you mightily in Jesus' name. So for today, let's quickly go and learn one or two things. Developing a plan of action is what I want to speak on today. Developing a plan of action. What are the steps I need to take to begin to develop my plan of action? If I see the promise of God, if I hear the promise of God, or the promises of God are spoken to me, or I've got a mental picture of my future from the scripture, and God has spoken a word or two, how do I strategize to get to the aim of God for my life? 
So developing a strategic plan. Number one, clarify the end product. Clarify the end product. Clarify your vision. Please, ladies and gentlemen, it's not a sin to own up that this future is not clear. It's only telling you to spend more time, praise God, to be clear. Jesus once healed a man. And he said, what do you see? He said, I see men like trees. Jesus said, no way. Jesus said, you can't go. It will be dangerous when you see men like trees because trees are supposed to be cut down. So when you begin to see men like trees, don't go accidentally cut a man down. Jesus had to lay hands again on this gentleman for him to see clearly. Clarity of vision is a must if you are going somewhere. This is the disadvantage. If you don't see clearly, there will be mistakes. If you don't see clearly, you can get hurt. You will get there, but you won't get there in one piece, so to speak. Amen. For example, look at me on this. Uh, I, I won't use, I mean, imagine I'm on a big, big platform now. Imagine I'm on this height, and I want to come down to this height. Imagine me standing at this height, all right? Now, there are several ways I can get down to this height. I can look for a staircase and plan to get down safely. Or I can jump or throw myself. If I throw myself from this height down there, I will get down there quite all right. But the challenge is this. I might get down there with a broken leg, I might get down there with a broken arm. I can get down there with a broken back. I will still get down there, but <laughs> with a lot of bruises. Now, in life, I want to ask you, which one is preferable? To get down there in one piece or to get down there hurt, bruised, busted, and so on? Of course, everybody will choose a way of peace. That is why you need to spend time to clarify your future. Spend time. Habakkuk said in Habakkuk 2, I will stand upon my watch to see what he will say unto me. To see it clearly. I see that in life, many times we don't stop to clarify our future. What we want or what we have seen or what we have been inspired by about our future from the scripture. We do not clarify it well. And it leads to a lot of catastrophes that can be avoided. Clarify the end product, ladies and gentlemen. You don't say, Esera, Esera, what will be, will be. No. If you don't know your destination, anywhere becomes your destination. Your first step is to clarify where you are going. Paint a mental picture of where you are going. Sometimes it's not clear. Let's be honest with ourselves. Sometimes it's not clear. But when it's not clear, stay and make it clear. Pray and make it clear. Spend time and make it clear before you take the step, first step. A man in the scriptures called Apostle Paul, he knew he was called. He knew he was called into ministry. But what the assignment was, it was not clear to him the exact city he should go to. 
The scripture says this in Acts chapter 16. He went to one city, door was shut. He went to another city, he was beaten again, door was shut. Until he stayed and prayed for clarity. It's not stated in the scriptures it was for clarity, but the results show that it was for clarity. Because immediately after praying the third time, he had a vision. He said, let us go to Macedonia. He said, come to Macedonia and help us. And he woke up the next day. He said, men and brethren, I perceive the Lord has called us to Macedonia. That's in Acts 16 verse 9. So it must have been that Paul was praying a prayer of clarity of where to go. And God gave him in a vision. So ladies and gentlemen, God is not a God that will not answer you when you ask him. He said, this is a God that when you ask, he will upbraid you not. He will not call you a dummy. He will give to you what you have asked. Ask and you shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be opened unto you. Beloved, I want you to clarify your tomorrow. Let your tomorrow be all right. That is why coronavirus can't stop you. As many that have clarified their tomorrow, as many as clarified that they are entering into a new dimension this year, it cannot stop you because it is clear that you are going to a new dimension. Can I hear your amen? So pray for clarity in every area of your life as you must see the end product. Your God is a God that starts a thing from the beginning, he finishes it and goes to the beginning to start it. God is not a half-baked God or a half-baked manufacturer. The future has been sealed and settled. Praise God. Why are we confident of this season? We know this is not the end of the world. It's one of the signs of the end of the world, but it's not. Praise God. Hallelujah. Why? Because there is a clear picture of the future. May God give you clarity this morning. I pray for your household. May God give you clarity. As husband and wives, may God give you clarity. Your children that are of age, may God give them clarity. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. It is important to have clarity. When this church was going to start approximately 17 years ago by the grace of God, it was clear from the beginning that this church is going to be a multicultural church. From the very foundation, God told us this. And we are not surprised by what we see today. We are not surprised at all. In fact, if it's not so, we would have been surprised. Amen. We give God the glory and praise for that. It was clear. Some people said, move it out of St. Catherine's. No. It was clear. This church shall be in the city of St. Catherine's. The center of the Niangara Peninsula. It was clear. Praise God. So no suggestions. No, It is clear. Amen. I pray that God will give you clarity in the name of Jesus. David was clear. Shall I pursue? Shall I overtake? God said yes. Pursue, overtake, and recover all. It was clear. Genesis 13, 14 to 15. Let's look at the life of our father Abraham, our patriarch Abraham. And the Lord said unto Abraham, after that Lot was separated from him, lift up now thine eyes and look. You see, he's still talking about the eyes, seeing, seeing clearly. 
Sing with the realm of the spirit. Hallelujah. Sing with the realm of the spirit. Sing with the eye of the spirit. Sing with the inner eyes. Hallelujah. And I want to encourage you in this season. See like never before from your inner eyes. Not just your physical eyes. You're a spiritual person. See with the inner eyes. Because something happened here in Abraham's life. He said, see now. Open thine eyes. See now. Look. He said, from where you are, northward, southward, eastward, westward, in every area of your life, see. He said, this is the reason why you need to see Abraham. For as far as you can see, I'm going to give it to you and your children. I see you at the top in this season. Every dream, listen to me, ladies and gentlemen, it starts from within, from within, from within. He told Abraham, see in every direction. Don't be myopic. Don't just look one direction like that. Every area of your life is covered. But you will see from within. You will travel from within. He said, as far as you can see. Because the physical eyes have limitation. If Abraham only saw one kilometer far away, that's the end. Because look at the generations depending on Abraham to see well. Many were depending. His, his seeds were depending on him. Papa, see well. See well. Do you know how many people are depending on you today to see well? To see your future well? Your generations, your children, your grandchildren are, are groaning. That, oh, grandpa, see well. See well. See tomorrow well. See well in every area of your life. See well in your family. See well for your career. See well for your business. See well for your finances. See well for your health. See well for your health. See well for your spiritual work. See well for your assignment in life. Your life assignment. A lot depends on what you see. I pray for you one more time this morning. That God of heavens will help you. Will give you divine assistance to see well. Even in this situation that the world is passing through, you will not see what the confederacy are saying. You will not see anyhow, but you will see your tomorrow with clarity. And I speak prophetically concerning your tomorrow, that your tomorrow will be all right. If you believe that, say good amen, even from the comfort of your home. Amen. Praise God. Isaiah 46 verse 10 talks about the nature of our God. He says, this is God that you serve. This is God that I serve. This is God that is your father and my father. He said, he finishes a thing. And he goes to the beginning to start what he has finished. That's his nature. Ephesians 5.1 says, be ye imitators of God as their children. Praise God. The Bible says he declares the end. From the beginning. And he says we should be imitators of him. From the beginning, what does God declare? The end. From the beginning, he declares the end. Declaring the end from the beginning. From ancient of times, the things that are not yet done. Saying, my counsel shall stand. I will do all my pleasure. He declares the end from the beginning. 
Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Have you mimicked God in this area? He declares, he declares, he speaks life to what he has finished. Hallelujah. It's only people who are clear that can do this. I see you being clear in this season. In the name of Jesus. He said, be ye followers of God as their children. Ephesians 5.1. The word really being used as followers here is mimicking somebody. Mimicking. Mimicking. Do the same thing as he does it. He said, as their children, you need to declare the end of your children from the beginning. When you get back to them, start declaring their end. They will be great. Start declaring concerning your business from the beginning. Start declaring concerning your career from the beginning. You declare the end. I will end up being the CEO of this organization. I will end up being, and so on and so forth, the best of the best in this field. I will end up being, you declared from the beginning. Thank you, Jesus. Glory be to God. Spend time, paint the picture of your tomorrow. Spend time clarifying your future. Habakkuk 2, 1 says, I will stand upon my watch and I will see what it will say to me. Praise God. Spending time to clarify. You need to clarify your long-term goals and your short-term goals. Praise God. Some of the strategies you put together are either long-term or short-term. Clarify it. When it comes to your career or when it comes to building a business, launching into ministry, those are long-term goals. Praise God. Those are long-term plans. Praise God. And when it is short time, like buying a house, buying a house can be a one to three year project. You need to save some money. You need to declare favor. You need God to give you time to speak the word of life to it. Praise God. You need to, uh, you want to change your furniture. It's going to take a time, but it needs a plan. It's a short term plan. It can be a year. It can be 18 months. You plan it out. Praise God. It can be, you need to do a school. You need to go for a second degree. It has a start date. It has an end date. You can't be, you can't be in that school forever. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Number two, the second thing you need to do after clarifying the vision in developing a plan for your future, in developing a strategic plan, a plan of action is to set milestones on your journey. There are spiritual milestones and there are physical milestones. I will explain them. Make sure you set milestones on your journey. What is a milestone? A milestone literally is set beside a road to mark the distance to a place. It says 50 kilometers to Toronto. 40 kilometers to Toronto, 25 kilometers to Toronto. That's like a milestone. It's set literally in the olden days that you will know, okay, this is the distance to where you are going. That's the literal meaning. It's an action also or an event marking a significant change or a significant stage 
in a development. For example, in a building project, foundation, when the foundation is completed, that is a milestone achievement. When you raise it up to the next level, before the slab or the deck is put on it, that is another significant, another significant uh, milestone. If you take it up to the roof, roof, it, again, is another significant milestone. You do the walls, that's another significant milestone. You do the electricals, you do the plumbing, that's another one. So stage, important stages can also be known as a milestone. A time when something must be achieved. Praise God, that's a milestone. There's a time you should achieve leaving elementary school. There's a time you achieve leaving high school. There's a time also to leave university. There's a time also to do maybe a second degree. There's always a time allotted to it. Praise God. Milestone can also be a significant event in your life. That can also be milestone. So you need to set milestones on, the, on your journey. Milestones will help you locate how far you've gone or how well you are doing on this journey of progress. It's important. Let's look. As we have physical milestones, we also have spiritual milestones. A physical milestone can be a time to marry. That's a physical milestone. It can be a time for education, like I've just explained. A time for career. At this, level, at this time, I should be in middle management. At this time, I should be in senior management. At this time, I should be in the executive management. And so on and so forth. In your finances, also, you can set milestones. At the age of, uh, you might be 20 or 30 years old now. At the age of 40, I want to have X amount of dollars in my saving. That's a milestone. Praise God, and so on and so forth. In your health, you can choose to be healthy. I'm going to weigh this much at this age, and so on. Those are good milestones to set. It, it measures your progress. It measures how you are doing physically speaking. But one area I want to do, because on all these things, is the same thing as goal setting. You need to set goals. It's like smart goals. When you are talking of physical milestones, it's like setting milestone, uh, uh, smart goals, which is good. But I want to encourage you in one other area this morning on setting milestones. It's called spiritual milestones. These are milestones you have at your spiritual growth level. They are milestones of encounter. And it's very important, spiritually speaking. Let's look at an example for the life of Jacob, one of the patriarchs. He left his father's house with nothing but a blessing. In Genesis 28, you can study when you get home. He, got, he, he left his father's house with a blessing. Nothing more except words were spoken over his life. And sometimes that is our situation and circumstance as children of God. That is our heritage. Words are the power in the realm of the spirit. God said, these words that I speak to you are spirit and life. 
You must not joke with words, especially when spoken over your life by people of authority, people God has given permission in the realm of the spirit to speak on behalf of men. Perhaps your pastor, perhaps prophets, perhaps ordained men of God, perhaps people over your life who have tutored you, who have mentored you. Very important. So these are words. Words are words of blessing. Praise God. They carry in them spiritual content, spiritual weight. Jacob left his father's house with nothing but all these spiritual weights. That everywhere he is, corn and wine shall be his portion. And so on and so forth. He went. And as he was going, he had an encounter. Everybody say an encounter. He had an encounter. Between Genesis 28, 10, verses 10 to 20, after, he made, after that encounter, he made a vow in Genesis 28 from verses 20, 20 to 22. He made a vow to God. What happened was that he entered into a territory and he did not know that that territory was a marked territory. He didn't know. He didn't know that his grandfather... Abraham had built an altar on the same spot. He never knew. But that altar was like a gateway to heaven. So he just walking, escaping from, from, his, from his brother and from his father's house. He got to this place and he slept. While he slept, the heavens were opened over him. And he said, wow, after that experience... He put a pillar, he anointed it, he said, this is God's house. And he named the place Bethel. It was another name the place was bearing physically, but he renamed the place. Why? It's his milestone. He called the place Bethel. Why? He had an encounter there that the God of his fathers visited him. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen, when you have encounters in life, encounters sometimes you don't plan for it. Encounters sometimes you don't intentionally walk into it. But when encounters come, take note, it's of spiritual significance in your life. This was his heritage being transmitted back to him. It started from his father, Abraham, and now he was about to enter into something. Now, he saw his father do some things. As you know, Jacob was a supplanter and so on and so forth. He dedicated himself to doing the same things his fathers were doing. What was it? He was a tither. He said, I would do the same thing. My For me to have this experience... I better begin to do the same thing my father does. And what is that? He said he made that vow in 20 to 22 that I will give a tithe of all. If my father will keep me, if the God of my father will keep me, will sustain me on this journey, I'm going to give him a tithe of all. The commitment was made. His journey continued until he met labor. It was rough but he still had the promises. A lot of Christians neglect this, especially when 
They have the promises and things. They are facing seasons of contradiction. And listen to me very well at home because I know some of us are passing through this right now. There are seasons of contradiction and you don't understand. You fail to want to understand this journey that you are passing through. You are not going to end like that. You are just passing through. And that journey is necessary because some things will not and will never be yours if you don't pass through this journey. Praise God. Those journey, this journey will build your character, will build your, your, the true nature of God in you. This, this journey will shape you into the image that God has prepared for you before the foundation of the world. And what happened to Jacob as he was going on this journey? He had another encounter. And this time, it's so funny, it's humorous. In Genesis 31, 13, look at what God did and said to Jacob. Genesis 31, 13. You see how God introduced himself back to him. God was about to visit him here, listen. He was going to give him the key to supernatural wealth. You remember, he had no inheritance. All he inherited was the promise. He had no substance. He was serving his master, Laban, and servants in those days don't have nothing. Are you listening? Now, what happened? Something happened here, ladies and gentlemen. Please follow me. I am the God of what? Bethel. In Genesis 28... Verse 20 to 22, who named that place Bethel? Jacob. Jacob named it Bethel. So God was connecting to his milestone. God was connecting to that event in his life. God reminded him, I'm the God of Bethel who you made a vow to. Now I'm about to step into the terrain of your life. Why? Where thou anointed a pillar. Did you see? God was reminding him. And where thou vowest a vow unto me. Now arise, get thee out of this land and return unto the land of thy kindred. A visitation. Now before this and after this, God gave him the keys of genetic engineering. God told him how to make animals is, or those he doesn't want, how to be, is, 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 that, that is not his own. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. I just want you to note this. He connected back to his milestone. Did you get that? He connected to his milestone. He connected to his milestone. And the things that were in that milestone was that he erected a pillar and also he made a vow. Now, in order to save some of our time, I want you to see this. This was where the revelation of prosperity was given to him. This was how he became whoever he was. 
that he became exceedingly great. Are you listening to me? He, came, he became exceedingly great. Why? Because of his spiritual milestones. He was conversant with spiritual milestones. Now, listen to me. The first time he would really have an encounter was this time. What of if Jacob had been careless? That I just had a dream. Forget. But God said, I am the God of Bethel. What you named it is what I've got. You had an encounter, true? Yeah, I was the one. You saw me, yes. Some people trivialize their salvation. Your birth certificate even has the date, the time, and the location where you were born. You take it seriously. But your spiritual birthday, the day you gave your life to Christ, when they say, oh, when did you give your life to Christ? It was, um, um, I think, 1983 or 1993 or 2003, one Sunday service somewhere. Ah, no, it's an encounter. That was the day the Spirit of God started living on the inside of you. It's not an ordinary day. Are you listening to me? Are you listening to me? What day did you speak in tongues? The date, the time. Hallelujah. What day did you get baptized in water? What day did you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Every facet of your life. The first day you heard the voice of God. Those are milestones that you should cherish. Those are days that you should cherish so that it becomes a reference point for your destiny. Milestones are significant reference points. Write it down. They are significant reference points of the Lord's doing. They boost our faith and confidence in the journey of destiny. I never forget the day God spoke to me that I have given to you the kingly anointing. I can't forget. I will tell you the place, the date, the time, and the spot in the university I was attending then. I was still privileged last year to pass by. I said, oh, that was that spot when God spoke these words to me. They boost your faith and your confidence in him. You must learn how to cultivate milestones. How many significant moments have you had on your journey? Do not miss milestone moments. What if Jacob had played trivial to the encounter he had in Bethel? If God even says, I'm the God of Bethel, you say, where is Bethel? But he knew Bethel because he named Bethel. Children of Israel at crossing of Jordan, God told them, pick these stones at the seabed of Jordan. Pick it up and keep it for a memorial. So that one day, your children will ask you, where did you get these stones from? What are these stones? He said that you'll be able to tell them the day you crossed over Jordan.
on dry ground. They said, what? Because Jordan is not a place you can ordinarily cross on dry land, but you crossed it. And this is the evidence that God did what? He splitted Jordan for them to pass through. Significant milestones. If it's not important, God won't tell them to keep the bed in the stone, a bed in, to keep the stones of the bed of Jordan. It's important, it's significant. You must have a reference point at all times. Like I said, he does something to your faith. He gives you confidence. Imagine if their fathers were facing a war or their children were facing a difficult moment and they saw the stone again. They just physically saw the stone. All of a sudden they would stand and say, Wow, the same God that splitted Jordan for my forefathers. You will hear me today. Do you see what I mean by reference point? You have a reference point to boost your faith. You have a reference point to boost your faith. It gives you confidence in the God in whom you serve. Don't forget, milestones are significant reference points. Don't ever miss that. You need that from time to time in your life. Somebody say, oh, you have the Holy Ghost, you don't have the Holy Ghost. Hey, I remember that day, this month, this day, this date, where I started speaking the new tongues. I didn't fake it. Hallelujah. Something touched me. Utterance came to my heart and my mouth was speaking the utterance. That's a supernatural evidence I should cherish. God said he deposited his spirit on my inside as a surety, as a guarantee that is coming again for me. That's a spiritual milestone. That's spiritual significance. It's a reference point for my faith to be activated in the place of doubt. I see God re-energize you today for your faith in the name of Jesus. Another reason is that milestone helps you to assess where you are on your journey. Today you might be 20 years of age, you might be 30 years of age, you might be 18 years of age. But you want to see what you will be at 50. 25 years plan. So that you can measure yourself at 20 today or 18 Or 15 today, you can say, wow, what will I look like at 30? And at 30, when you look at yourself at 30, you are able to tell easily whether you are on track or you are not on track. Or whether this is where you ought to be or you are not where you ought to be. Praise God. You'll be able to measure how well you are doing compared to what you have seen in the vision of God for your life. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. The third one I want to share with you this morning is how to handle setbacks. But we will not do that this morning because our time is fast spent. But in planning, you must be able to plan also how to handle setbacks. How to handle when things don't go as planned. It must be part of the master plan. 
And I'm going to show you from scriptures, scriptural examples, and how you too should come together and put your plan in place. Organizations sometimes call it contingency plan. They do have a plan. They have a fire plan. In case a fire gulfs a building, how do we escape? There is a plan for it. And I'm trusting God that God will open you up in this next season as we treat this how to handle setbacks next week. Have you been blessed this morning? Come on, let's appreciate Jesus Christ together. Wonderful. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Thank you for listening. We hope you have been blessed by the word today. Please join our services live every Sunday, 9 a.m. and 1045 a.m. and Bible study every Friday, 7 p.m. at 95 Church Street, St. Catharines. We hope you have a wonderful week ahead and God bless you.